Welcome to the Learn Fresh podcast. My name is Nick Monzi, CEO and co-founder of Learn Fresh, and I'm joined by my co-host Calvin Seibert, our Chief Mission Officer, aka Coach Calvin, aka Smooth Junior, aka the Game Changer of Education. Changing the game. If you listen to any of season one, you know that on this podcast we talk about the intersection between education and community. How does the broader community provide value to the education sector? our schools and out of school time programs and what can education do to prepare students for the broader world. Today our conversation is with Jesse Smith Thomas, Partnership Marketing Coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. Jesse has been one of our favorite people to work with since her time with the Pelicans and Saints in New Orleans, which is where she was when we caught up with her for this conversation. As you'll see, Jessie is full of energy and passion for her work and the people and communities that it impacts. And we think you'll find her story both interesting and inspiring. Excited to be here uh, again for another episode of the Learn Fresh podcast. And today we're joined by Jessie Thomas from the New Orleans Pelicans and New Orleans Saints uh, to talk a little bit about partnership development within the context of professional sports, community work from the perspective of of a pro sports team. Uh, And Jesse, I'd like to start by first talking a little bit about your early life experience and how that led you to the work that you're doing. We've actually done this conversation before in some format. So uh, can you share a little bit about age, like top line background, who you are, what you do, and then how your early life experience led you to a career in professional sports and community work? Yeah, totally. So, so excited to be here, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I feel like I am inspiration to kids everywhere that you, not that parents want me to be out there being like, don't worry, kids, you don't have to decide what you want to do until you're 30. But I mean, that's kind of what happened for me. Um, And I'm, I mean, I'm not doing terribly. So um, I, I think that it's, you know, worthwhile advice, but I'll start with my background. So Jesse Smith Thomas, I am a native of New Orleans, Louisiana. I um, went to undergrad at Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia, and I went to grad school at American University in Washington, D.C. I was um, an avid soccer player growing up. We were a big Arsenal family. If anybody, you know, follows English Premier League, it was uh, a toil because Arsenal was so bad. Um <laughs> And so I grew up in sports. I always loved sports. We grew up season ticket holders for the New Orleans Saints. Um, And honestly, I always wanted to work in sports, but I didn't know anyone who did. And it felt so fantastical. It felt like I wanted to be Beyonce or something. So I just was like, you know what? Let me stop playing. Let me go to med school or law school like everybody else. Um, my parents happened to be a doctor and a lawyer. And I was like, well, that, that seems fine. So let's do that. Um, and I was pre-med and I stuck it out. Like everyone, like you get to college and everyone's pre-med. Like everyone's like, oh yeah, I'm pre-med. And you're like, of course you are. And everyone ends up dropping it by junior year. But I actually like... I grinded. I was a history pre-med double kind of dual, you know, focus major. And so it felt like I was like a history bio double major. I 
um, complete all of my history stuff. I complete all of my pre-med stuff. I then go on to do a summer program at the University of Miami School of Medicine. I do all this extra clinical work. I do biomedical research. I'm like in it and I get all the way to taking the MCAT multiple times. Like the worst test in the entire world just to take it multiple times and then get to my med school application and get cold feet because I knew I didn't want to go to med school. I wasted so much time. <laughs> and I'm, I'm still working on this now as like when I retell the story of not framing it, like I wasted time because I do really think that everything happened for a reason and that I kind of pull from each experience, even in what I do now, even though it's wildly different on paper. Um, but yeah, I got freaking cold feet. At the freaking med school application, which is usually people just try to make it to that. And I didn't even, pre like, I was just like, I'm not doing this. And so I went to grad school. That's why I went to grad school in D.C. I was like, okay, well, what am I naturally good at? I think Scandal was really big at the time. Like, Kerry Washington yeah. was just, like, the queen of, like, Thursday nights on, yeah. on ABC. And I was like, you know what? I, like, I was, I had so many years of healthcare, like, experience in work and in school at this point that I was like, you know what? I'm going to go be the Olivia Pope of hospitals. I'm going to go like, like handle all the big issues and be like the PR master. I'm going to like work for the CDC and like handle their biggest issues. Thank God I did not because what was down the, down the line. That would have been an interesting career choice. <laughs> I would, it would have been like me and Dr. Fauci, like at the podium. And I would have been like, why did I do this? Um, but yeah, so that's how I ended up going to grad school and focusing on healthcare communications. And I did that for a little while and it was kind of the same thing. Like I kept pivoting, like I kept pivoting away from the things I was doing without being intentional about what I really wanted to do, which was sports. And I knew it and I knew it the whole time. And so finally, several jobs later, industries later, I applied for a job at the Saints and Pelicans, um, doing partnerships work. I had the last role that I had in healthcare before moving over to sports was managing healthcare partnerships. And so that's kind of how I made the transition into this world. And the reason that I think the transition was possible for me was because I had a lot of experience that translated. Partnerships is partnerships. Um, I'm not going to downplay the importance of the nuances from industry to industry, but really and truly, you have to be able to um, manage and inspire genuine relationships. You have to be relatable. You have to be adaptable. You have to be quick on your feet. You have to be all of these kind of like innate qualities that have nothing to do with like the job itself and more of the person you are. And so because of the person I was, I was like, I can do this. And I interviewed so confidently and then the, I actually got it. And then I was like, oh my God, okay. <laughs> now now I, now I have to do it. Okay. I totally meant all those things I said in my interview and I can totally do all of them. Break. Let's do it. Um, so yeah, it has been, um, it has been quite the journey, but I think that, you know, I, I'm an open book. Like I found this at 29 and I felt like I was a grandma. Like I was like, man, I'm, I finally found the thing I wanted to do. And I'm so old and I'm so behind and I'm so all these things that I just don't feel anymore. I feel like, you know, all of the steps that it took to get me where I was, um, you know, you know, served me in the way that I think my journey was supposed to be. I, 
had not worked in sports before. So I did not have appreciation of like the typical sports pipeline of like box office, inside sales, retention, premium, corporate partnerships. I just was like, hey guys, I want to work in sports. <laughs> um, and I saw this job in corporate partnerships. Like what's up? Um, and I got it. <laughs> so that's not because I didn't work my butt off in other industries though. So it's, you know, it's like, sometimes I joke, like I slid in, but I'm like, no, I worked. <laughs> I worked, trust me. I didn't work at the box office, but I was definitely like, you know, in the lab at 11 PM, like with pipettes, like it's a different kind of grind, but we was grinding. <laughs> so. And there's real intention when you talk about your story, you went from pre-med and then you went into medical communications and then into medical partnerships and then into sports partnerships. So there, there is like a, a connection point between each of those steps along the way, which I think is really cool. Are there ways, you kind of talked about this, but are there ways that education, specific moments in your education transformatively impacted your path and kind of pushed you in the direction that you really wanted to go? 1000%. I would say without a doubt, my grad program at um, American um, gave me a lot of the stuff that I deal with every day now. Um, it was a strategic communications master's program. And it gave me it was um, the pivot of all pivots for me in the sense that I had not had like classes on like media. I hadn't had classes on strategy and like like communication strategy and influence and um, crisis communication and things like that that I truly feel like I use every day. Um, I was already I, I'm I was interested in communications because it's something that I felt like I had a natural ability for um, and that I like let's just like lean in and kind of formalize this. Um, I don't know. It's, it's not like a, it's not a talent. I mean, I, I wouldn't call my ability to talk to a wall a talent. Um, but I just was like, you know what, let's take what God's given me and lean in here. So, um, yeah, I just, I wanted to like learn more about this, this skill that I had, um, and, and kind of formalize it and like, see how I could turn it into a job and into a living. And so I think that it was, it was so interesting in that program to, to be in classes, to, like, you know, be able to read and write texts that were strategically developed in certain ways. Like we, we take in like marketing and advertising and influencing every day, everywhere we turn, every second. Um, and their strategy behind all of those different touch points. Um, and I think I use a lot of that, honestly, in um, how I strategize um, for my partnerships and how I think about opportunities for them. Um, and how I approach, honestly, like different client relationships and things like that. So yeah, I would definitely say it was transformative um, for me in my career, not only in like the very just like, like hardcore sense of it had nothing to do with anything I'd ever been in school for before, but um, in the sense that I truly feel like I, I use it. I use it every day now. And, and the fact that I had a strong um PR um, foundation in that program that I get to utilize in this job every day, which I think makes me unique, to be quite honest, in my office. A lot of people in corporate partnerships in sports, um, you know, kind of followed that sports pipeline that I laid out a little earlier, and they, they haven't taken 
classes like I have, you know, and like, you know, learned about earned media versus owned media versus paid media and like how to pitch a news station and media drops and like all these things that I'm, I'm really well versed in. So, uh, yeah, no, no regrets there. The pivot was necessary. (laughs) Definitely. One question I want to add in here because you, you pursued uh, educational path that was very rich in STEM and your career now is definitely in some senses a STEM career, but it's more non-traditional. You're not necessarily a scientist or, you know, working as an accountant or something like that. The, the application of the skills is more nuanced. Can you talk a little bit about why you personally feel like STEM education is or isn't important for kids based upon your own life experience? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's crucial. It's absolutely crucial. Um, I, I mean, math is everywhere. That's one of the things I love so much about the, um, math hoops program about just like making math, like more fun and approachable earlier, because I mean, like, of course, um, like, no, it's not like, you know, when you're 23 and trying to figure out your taxes like no one's gonna hand you a spinner and be like all right now take a shot and like you know like obviously not that but it's like it is everywhere it is everything it is the it is the foundation I mean this this I feel like makes me sound like like really an old lady but I mean like it's the foundation for responsibility as far as like financial acumen and understanding and like true adulting if you will um I think that, you know, in order to kind of like make um, the transition into adulthood, I mean, look, we've all seen the memes. No one's going to deny that you're like, man, I spent a lot of time learning the Pythagorean theorem when I really wish they had told me how to do my benefits package and this little 1K, (laughs) right? And it's like, I'm not going to sit here and act like one's more important than the other. Um, But it's like, that stuff matters. Like, to give kids the foundation in science and math and um, all of the areas that relate to it um, early on and just make them approachable. Like, if nothing else, like, make them approachable, make them palatable, Um I think that's half the battle because I think like sometimes you'll, you know, talk to a 13 year old and they're already like scared out of their mind from like the entire field. Like, and I'm saying like the entire, the entirety of Mm -hmm. STEM fields, Mm -hmm. like they're just like, you'll run into a middle schooler that's just like, oh, no, 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 no. Like I'm so, they'll say I'm so bad at math. Like I'm so bad at math and science. Like I, I like will never be good at them. And that breaks my heart to hear because I'm like, oh no, darling, like adulting actually doesn't allow that. Like we gotta, (laughs) you know, and it's, it's a confidence thing. It's a confidence thing. And so I think early on, like, it's just absolutely invaluable to like find ways, math hoops being one of them, um, to make it something that not only is approachable and palatable, but also doable. Like, peop- like, kids need to know that, like, no, you are smart enough for this. There are not subjects that you are not smart enough for. There are not subjects that are smarter than you. You are capable. Um, it's just all in how you approach and present things, I think. That's awesome. I couldn't agree more. In terms of your specific role, we kind of got into this a little bit in the last question, but um, now with your position with the Saints and the Pelicans, can you talk a little bit about what it is that you do on a day-to-day basis 
how that is you know, an essential function of what the overall organization is. Um, and maybe some things about the role that you really enjoy and some things about the role that you don't enjoy as much. <laughs> oh, Nick, you're trying to get me in trouble. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. No. <laughs> no, I'm totally playing. I'm totally playing. So I think I have one of the most um, interesting jobs ever. And like, if I had known about my job, like I have a couple mentees right now who are an undergrad and I'm like, so like jealous of them. I'm like, you guys. <laughs> If I was on the phone on a regular basis at 18 with someone who was working in corporate partnerships and sports, do you know I would be like a vice president by now? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, so, but like I said, Nick, no regrets. My journey is my journey. Um, but yeah, oh my gosh. I think it's, it's such a cool gig. Um, so I am a part of a team um, that is kind of in, in lots of partnership worlds, including sports, um, referred to as corporate partnerships. Um, the, the skinny of it is that we are divided into kind of two parts. One we call new business, one we call activation or partnership marketing. Um, new business, those are the like kind of traditional sales. Like they are the people who come up there, they're like, ooh, we want to get a new grocery partner or we want to go after like, you know, a new alcohol partner or we want to go after like, right. They, they take a look at the industry. They see who's spending. They see what open inventory we have. They determine who would be a good fit. And then they go out and they pitch and they get the partner. And as soon as that, um, is pitched, um, signed, sealed, delivered, and in contract, it comes over to my side of the department, which is partnership marketing or activation for short. Um, and we are the people who then execute that, um, all of the assets in that contract and in that partnership. Um, and it's our job to make sure that our partners have a phenomenal experience along the way. So, you know, you might have like a two-year deal, you might have a 10-year deal. Um, and someone in my role, it's my job to make sure everything gets done and that it's like done with a bang and with a smile and hopefully with a laugh and some good memories along the way. Um, so that at the end of that contract term, not only do they want to come back, but they want to come back bigger. And so... Um, you always, you know, aspire and intend for a partner to come back and add a bigger spend because hopefully they've had such a phenomenal experience with you that they can't imagine not coming back and doing even more with the Saints and with the Pelicans. Um, and so, yeah, it's very cool. Like I will um, give a special shout out also to the Pelicans and Saints and say that at a lot of sports teams, activation, uh, like my team, the activation side, um, usually... Um, not to minimize um, these folks' roles at other teams. It's it's not minimizing the other teams, but it's kind of like pushing mine up, like raising the roof on mine a little bit. Um, because at other teams, a lot of times, um, the activation folks will basically like get the contract done, make sure everything in there is done, and make sure the partner has a great experience. But when it's time to renew at the end of that term, the salesperson will come back in. Um, and that's pretty normal. Um, that is not the case here at the Saints and Pals. And that's not been, right, this is my first job in sports, so it's all I've known. And it makes a ton of sense to me that I'm actually the person that gets to run the entire renewal process. And I have, I take a lot of pride in that. I take a lot of ownership in that. Um, I, you know, when the contract is coming to an end, 
I'm the one who sits down and, you know, takes a look at the contract and thinks, you know, I think about like what I think went really well, what I think could be executed better differently, what um, like areas of opportunity that I want to bring in. I then develop what's called a white paper, which is basically like the entirety of the partnership on paper. I work with a graphic designer to get um, our fabulous graphic designer, Blair, to get um, a presentation of sorts done. They're, they're getting more and more creative um, every season because she's awesome. Um, and then taking it to the partner and like leading that entire pitch. Um, and then once it's pitched and hopefully goes really well, um, then I'm writing a contract. And then I'm negotiating a contract and then I'm getting that contract signed. And then we start all over again on this new contract term. Um, but it has been a, a phenomenal experience for me and my business acumen. I talked a lot earlier about getting those um, kind of more qualitative um, experiential classes in my grad program about like, influencing and marketing and 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 kind of just like learning the science of like human psychology and how to be effective in those spaces and this role has really given me the opportunity to like increase my like business acumen in a very real sense like big 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 dollars big 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 budgets um thinking really smart and strategically about that um and yeah so i think it's it's been my first opportunity to really um kind of like be at the helm of like leading um some big dollar decisions and and managing big dollars as well um so yeah that has been great I mean it is Nick when you asked me what I do like that was like a that was like an eight minute answer but then there's like I'm like oh my god I didn't even say so it's like we are every we are we are getting the stuff running on social we are making sure it's running in game we are making sure your community project is going off well we're making sure your executives feel like royalty we are making sure you're getting your on field experience before the game we're making sure your sweepstakes went off without a hitch we're making sure that like your kids third birthday party has a mascot there because we love you so much like it is nuts (laughs) it's like oh my god like if i just like sit and think about like oh my god like what's a typical day in my job i'm like i don't know actually (laughs) it could be it could be literally anything but i mean that's when you think about everything possible a sports team could do with a with a partner like and everything under that umbrella is my job to like get done or work very closely with people internally and externally to get done truly like it's anything <laughs> but that's you know <laughs> I, I, mean, I can relate <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's the same way. that's exciting in a sense you know you come to work and ne- never never a dull moment and also like we are I think the only people in the country who simultaneously manage NBA and NBA and NFL team um, with one, with one team, like we don't have, it's not like, Oh, all those people manage pals and all those people manage saints. Like it's, it's us, it's us both teams (laughs) all year. So um, fantastic, unique experience in that sense, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and I, I I can relate a to the jack of all trades thing. I think that's it's a it's a common theme in the sports space, from what I can tell. Um, and you all do double duty, like you said, with the Saints and the Pels. I also just want to shout out that you, in particular, and your team has a, such a great history of engaging deeply on the community side. 
you know, every team operates differently, but it's very, very rare for us to have a really balanced relationship between the community side of the team and the partnership side of the team within an organization. And between you and Jason and the two of you are, are equal partners with us. It's, it's a really rare scenario that we're, we're appreciative for. So now I'm going to kick it over to Calvin. He's going to keep going. So, uh, Jesse, can you share some detail on what types of initiatives the Pelicans pursue in the local community? Oh, my gosh. So many. Um, okay. So we have access to creating incredibly memorable experiences for children who not just look up to, but, like, idolize, like, their favorite basketball players. Like, I take for granted passing, like, you know, Zion in the cafeteria at the cookie station, you know? And it's like, a child would just give anything, right? To like be in the same space, like let alone like a handshake or a meet and greet or anything like that, right? And so it's like, to be a part of anything where we're able to, um, you know, give like community visibility and, and youth visibility to um, heroes of theirs, I think is a very, very cool thing to be able, whether players there or not, to be able to bring schools into the facility and have them like tour and see and bounce basketballs around like a national basketball association um, team practice court, like is so cool. Um, Jason and Julie do such phenomenal work. Um, they're, I mean, they'll put together the coolest situations. He's working on something right now where the kids are going to be Pelicans players for a day and they're going to get to go to the Smoothie King Center and they're going to change into their little jerseys in the locker room and they're going to get announced by the PA as they run out onto the court and then they're going to scrimmage on at the Smoothie King Center on the same court that you know, national that, that LeBron played on two weeks ago. You know, like stuff like that. So, I mean, like... We do so many things in the community, but if you want to talk about, like, what can we do that no one else can do, like, what a cool lane, right? Um, but, oh, my gosh. I mean, it is – we they, they put on – and I'm going to say they because I want to be very clear that I am not at the helm of this work. I luckily get to incorporate a lot of what our community and youth programs team does into opportunities for my partners, but they truly – are like you know they take the lead on like clinics and kind of like training camps and things like that for local schools um definitely like lots of like food drives and things like that kind of trying to tackle um food insecurity in the community um you know always looking more than not more than anything but another important piece that we can always play is we can be a voice we're probably one of the we, we probably have one of the biggest, if not the biggest, I should definitely know this stat. I'm going to just act like it's the biggest following <laughs> in, uh, you know, in Louisiana, like any organization, right, between the Saints and the Pelicans, even singularly. Um, so, I mean, like, we are a vehicle for change, naturally, right? We're a vehicle for um, communicating um things of importance, things that matter, things that we want to align ourselves with. Um, and a big advantage of, you know, having the relationships we do with so many different community programs is that we can, um, you know, lend ourselves as a platform for them to get their messaging across, um, 
when it's um, tough. I mean, it's a this is a tough, high traffic digital world that we live in, right? And so, like, if the Saints and Pelicans can help somebody cut through the noise um, with a, a digital post that'll get, like, 5,000 times the engagement than what they would have gotten, that's something that we're always happy to do. So the list goes on, but I think that, you know, we, we, we operate in a cool lane um, when it comes to, you know, the various initiatives that we could get into. Absolutely. And that's why we're binded together. Hey, yeah. we, we create the, one parent said, this was the best field trip I've ever been on. And she, <laughs> and, and she said it like, as the kids would say it too, because the kids do say that. Like literally, these are the best experiences ever. Like <laughs> now, um, what? Why would you say it's important for a team to include its corporate partners in community initiatives? Well, let's be real. I think a big reason. Uh, let me not say reason. A big attraction um, for a lot of companies to um, get involved with community work is a fabulous um, PR opportunity, right? Like aligning yourself with great work is just like a strategy that's been done since the beginning of time. Um, And then if you are this like perfect Venn diagram, the way that I like to describe it, it's like, so if you take like good deed, right? And then you overlap it with something that people are naturally passionate about, like people working for the Saints and Pelicans, like we get to take advantage of the fact that we work for an entity that people are like, like we are what people pour themselves into in their spare time. Like we are sources of joy for people, right? And so how cool and how unique is that? And so if you blend the fact that you're doing like a great thing and then on top of it, align it with like an entity that brings people joy even without said good deed, then it's like home run, right? Like what, as far as like eliciting a feeling and trying to grow your brand's trust, your brand's regard, um, or sorry, or your consumer's trust or your consumer's regard. um, I think that that's a really smart way to do it. And that's me just being a business person about it. Like I think if you can, you can tie um, media coverage, you can tie good PR, you can tie that back to a dollar value, you can communicate that to the executive team. And guess what? Your community involvement is going to increase, right? Because they, they saw a return on that. And so I think that um, we are a great vehicle and really attractive um, to companies. It's just, it, it, it's it's an amplification thing. Like, yes, you could totally do it. Like, Learn Fresh could totally do such and such on their own, but like, why not do it in partnership with the New Orleans Pelicans? Or like, why not do it in partnership with the Golden State Warriors? Why not do it in partnership, right? And then it's like, if nothing else, the amplification is like completely invaluable. Um, so yeah, I mean, there is there is the ability to do really cool and unique things like I mentioned before like that those those things are usually available solely to partners um and that's a big advantage of you know like there's a reason people pay to be a partner you get access and um the ability to do things that other organizations don't but then like you know on top of that 
you're going to get a good return probably on it. So um, I just think it's smart business. I think it's smart business. Absolutely. Now, uh, share a little bit about your future aspirations in sports. Oh, man. So, yeah, I mean, what I know more than anything else, I'm very much so um, still figuring it out, you know, after my after my first three seasons um, in this industry. But what I do know is that I do not have um, the feeling that I had in my two other paths, if you will. Right. So there was like clinical healthcare, and then there was healthcare communication. Um, I have found partnerships and that feels so, 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 so right. Um, as an avid sports fan, like how cool is it that work is, you know, going to games, um, as, um, a natural communicator, um, and relationship builder, how cool is it that, you know, part of my job is entertaining, um, as, um, somebody who likes a challenge and who likes to think strategically, how cool is it to be able to be at the helm and leading like, you know, multi-million dollar partnerships and renewals. Um, so it is, it's such a cool, um, cross section that I found myself in and I'm like, okay, this feels really right. And, whether to be completely transparent, whether my future is in sports long term. I mean, I'm really like, I really love working in sports partnerships. Um, but I think what I know about myself and what I can be honest with myself about is that like the partnerships work really at the core is like where I want to be and where that could take me. I have no idea. Um, there's partnerships in every single industry you can think of. Um, sports partnerships is where I found myself and where I'm really happy, um, right now and where I could definitely see myself growing, but it's like, you know, there are partnerships in music, there's partnerships in entertainment, there's partnerships in tech, there's partnerships in so many different cool industries, um, that honestly, like I'm still learning about and I'm still like gaining an understanding of and visibility for, but I think within sports, like this is my, this is my lane for sure. I feel really lucky that in my first role in sports, um, I have found my home, I feel like if you will. Um, and in growing in sports, I have no interest, um, in being in any world other than partnerships. Um, so I feel really lucky about that. Like, I feel like to have that level of clarity, at 31 is unique and special and I'm grateful because I know all too well what it feels like to be like going to work every day and like doing a good job but feeling like unsettled and like you can't really see um, a long-term future in it so that's what to, to know for sure that like I want to do partnerships work and like that is my happy place um, is a great feeling so I'm really grateful for that. The Learn Fresh podcast is produced by Nick Monzi, Sumner Becker, and myself, Calvin Seibert, with additional production assistance from Caitlin Patterson. Sumner Becker wrote our theme music, and Max Jaffe does our editing. The Learn Fresh podcast is part of the Side Audio Network, an audio community founded by Jeremiah Ote and Naranjan Kumar. The Side Audio Network hosts podcasts that aim to transfer trust between people and communities through storytelling and conversation.